Hello and welcome to Robin's Crimeaholics podcast. Tonight we are going to talk about Dr. Donald Klein. It's on Netflix as Our Father. And my guest tonight again is my friend Steph. Hi, Steph. Hey, girl. <laughs> so we watched that on Netflix and just completely dumbfounded. So let's do like a little synopsis. Okay. So he was, I guess, an OBGYN fertility doctor. Yes. And it was based back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, I guess this artificial insemination was new back then. So apparently he has like 94 children out there. He was inseminating these women with his own sperm even though they were bringing in their husband's sperm or he told them they were using medical student sperm and like each student could only uh, donate three times that way there wasn't an overabundance of children with the same dna right so what did you think of this documentary so I have to try to keep in mind that this was obviously like he started this practice in I think it was like 1979 and he was pretty renowned in the area for um, this type of treatment back then because it was still rather new but he was having a lot of success with it and um, was being referred from all kinds of OBGYNs as an infertility specialist so he was getting people from you know surrounding areas to come to his practice i'm a little on the fence which i typically am with a lot of these it seems like <laughs> but i'm typically i'm a little on the fence with how i feel about the whole thing um yes by all means what he did was completely wrong and unethical and not moral whatsoever um according to his doctor's oath um but I feel like some of the people's reactions were a little over-dramatized in so, the documentary, maybe. But I can see their point of view also. But there's also, so like, another So let's give side. a little more uh, insight into it. So it was in the state of Indiana. Right, Indianapolis. Um, and he was a well-known and respected doctor. And... I'm guessing it had to be like a small town he was in because it seemed like a lot of the women seen or known him. Um, well, it says it was in the Indianapolis area. So, um, I mean, maybe in a, like a small suburb outside yeah. of Indianapolis, something like that. Because it seemed like everyone knew him. So the documentary by itself is just like a friggin' head shaker like and it, it was good that they really had all the the office the equipment the decorations were still 70s and 80s so what happened was the one girl her name was jacoba ballard yeah. 
she got one of those DNA tests for Christmas, like 23 in May, and sent it in. She was an only child. She knew that uh, she had a donor dad because her father uh, was infertile, right? That's what we call it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she knew that she had a donor dad, but she was raised by her mom and her dad. And she always wanted siblings because she was an only child. So she sent this test in, this 23andMe, and it had to be like when they were first coming out. Um, oh, yeah, I would say. And she found out like right off the bat she had like seven half siblings or something. Yeah, I think it was like five or seven half siblings that came back. And she's like, well, that can't be right. <laughs> so, because she was always told that they only used... Um, what was it like? Um, the medical students, right? The medical students that the doctor claimed to have used. They only what he told the women was is those people were only ever used no more than three times, so there wouldn't be an abundance of so much same DNA out there in such a close proximity. Yeah, so she did that test, and apparently, have you ever done one of them? No, I have not. I'm scared to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently when you take this test, you get notifications if someone else takes the test and pops up in your family tree. Mm -hmm. So she already had quite a few in her family tree she didn't know about. And as the days and months and years went by, it just kept pinging that she had another one. She had another sibling. She had another half sibling. She had another half sibling. So I would assume when she got the initial response that she had five or seven siblings that she started contacting them because you give that uh, authorization when you do it. Do you want if we find anyone in your family, do you want to be contacted? Do you want to be contacted? Mm -hmm. So this is when they, you know, started uncovering that <laughs> they were all, you know, their mothers went to the same doctor. So there was another doctor that worked in the office and claims he knows nothing about this. And the nurse didn't know anything either. Yeah, which I want to say is bullshit. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's bullshit. And the only reason I'm going to say that I don't think that's bullshit is because she was the one that was going over and getting the samples at the hospital from the residents and putting it in her boob to keep her warm. Yeah, I do remember that. So, so I honestly don't think that she had any idea that he was using his own. So um, what did she think he was using when there wasn't any sperm samples from the hospital? Because it clearly said well, he admitted to... Uh, using his own sperm when there wasn't any samples available was his first sparsely though yeah so that was his first acknowledgement of it he said that he used his when there wasn't any samples available and he had only done it like three times which i mean it was a lie yeah which is total bullshit 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how often she was making runs for a yes, sperm so. pickup to the hospital. <laughs> I'm not really, they didn't really go into that. But, so but I that's why like that I, she, I think she that they knew something. Know. You think so? Yeah, I kind of feel like she didn't because, and the only reason, and the other reason I say that I don't think she knew is because the one, um, the one woman, she did say that she, every time she went to get inseminated, she was the only one ever there. Like the nurse wasn't there. There was no one else there. It could have been the day, the night on a weekend because she happened to be ovulating or whatever the case may be, you know, cause you only have so long to be able to be inseminated and for it to take that he was the only one ever there. So the movie gets very graphic on what they speculate happened because nobody really knows. So like the thing that got me is some of the women went in there with their husband's sample and that sample's only good for an hour. So, you know, you, know, you got to do the deed and run. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> So the woman thinks that, you know, she's being inseminated with her husband's semen and they're going to have a baby. What did he do with them? Did he trash them? I mean, we never know, but I would assume that's what he did because he obviously didn't use them for anybody else. (laughs) So the movie gets very graphic and it says that you know, the woman comes in for her insemination. She's in the exam room, up in the stirrups, and they're showing him in the next room, helping <laughs> himself to himself, making a nice, fresh sample. I mean, he made, so far they know of, like, 94 kids. Like, how often can one do that a day? <laughs> Like, I need to Apparently, know. quite often. <laughs> you also have to remember, this was over a 30-year span. Was it really 30 years? Of him years? in practice. Yeah, because you figure he opened up his practice in 1980, 1979, right? So, 80, 90, 2000. Yeah, and, like, they just, in 2015, I think, is when they started really investigating. So, he might have... A hell of a lot More. younger kids, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you figure. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, how many parents are uh, DNA testing their children? Like, you know, so they can right. see their family tree. Well, you know the family tree because you're young enough to know. So there's well, going to be enough more. To know what you're told. Yeah. So there's. <laughs> I mean, let's, you know, you're young enough to know what you're told. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of these people that were affected didn't know didn't even know that their parents had had infertility issues or whatever the case may be you know what I mean they never you know stuff like that isn't really talked about with your children per se um I think the one the first one what was a patient one is what's in the documentary she always thought that she was adopted because she was blonde hair blue eyes and you know here's her parents are dark haired brown eyes you know, and she finally asked her mom and her mom told her. So it's not something unless you question, I think parents are really forthcoming about. Yeah, well, and it was such a different time where everything was hidden and kept to yourself. Yeah, especially something like that, because 
somewhere in that older generation, they perceive that as something's wrong with a woman. You know, right. that's your job to have babies. If you can't have babies, something's wrong. Right. Which we all know today. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you mentally or as a person. I mean, you, you never know. I mean, but a lot of times it's the man as well, you know what I mean? So it's not always the woman, which, you know, I think in some cases was the case here. Like, it was the, the man who was infertile. So the documentary showed um, where the women went with their husband's sperm and thought they were making their own DNA child. Um, there was women who their husbands were infertile, so they knew they were getting donor sperm. Um, and in those cases, he said he would try to find the closest match to the husband's looks as he could. Yeah, and another thing is the donors are supposed to be uh, very closely monitored for any... And screened. Yeah, screen mm -hmm. for any health problems. And so you're not supposed to be, you know, basically creating children that you know have a high possibility of having these health problems. So that's more why the women were, you know, so okay with the donors because they're being screened and they're medical students. So you basically they're healthy and intelligent. Like who doesn't want that? Right. So he's inseminating these women with his own sperm and he has health problems that he's just now handed down to so far 94 kids. <laughs> he has some kind of autoimmune disease. Right, because a lot of the siblings, as we like to call them, um, a lot of the siblings are, you know, uh, have these autoimmune diseases. Yeah. So, but the thing is, it was so new then that laws only get made on an as-needed basis. Right. So nobody starts making laws thinking that something's going to go wrong. So basically he wasn't breaking any laws. So Correct. So this one girl, uh, Jacoba, she kept pressing the issue and contacting everyone that she got notifications on and talking to them and it all led right back to Dr. Donald Klein. So she really pursued it and, you know, she had talked to him at the one time. What did he say? What did he tell her? That the world doesn't need to know. Yeah, don't, um, don't ruin my life. Or don't something. ruin my life. Um, he was more worried about, so, so to backtrack on that a little bit, she had contacted the DA, um, you know, trying to build a case and no one would listen to her story. She finally, you know, got in touch with a newswoman who took her story. They did a little bit of investigation and they were trying to, they, the first news story that came out, they weren't allowed to use his name for legal reasons. 
once there was more evidence and more people in in the fold of how many kids he actually had and, and more details were coming out the the news reporter wanted and threatened dr klein with using his name and that's when he called jacoba and was like you need to tell her to stop i've been married for x amount of years and you're going to ruin my marriage and the world and my church doesn't need to know he was very religious yeah he was highly involved with the church and he, he was an had, elder yeah he had four kids with his wife mm-hmm. and the one son ended up you know helping them yeah helping them and talking about you know what happened but to me i was just like in shock like how does that even go on so i mean did you okay so to go hit on his religious aspect when they were doing some research they found out um about the quiver i forget what she called it the quiver something like mentality or something with the church this this church that he was affiliated with i guess like the zion church oh, yeah um which is basically they tell you they want you to have as many kids as you possibly can out in the world. They're considered arrows of God and that they want them to be pillars of the society and to populate the race and, and all of this. And um, something was uh, linked to like the Nazi because the Aryan uh, nation, right? Because every single one of the kids that he populated was white and blonde hair, blue eyed. Correct. And so it was what... like he was trying to create his own Aryan nation, so to say. But, I mean, I think that was just the mentality of this this church that he followed. Yeah, I just, I mean, the one woman on there was like completely hysterical because she thought that this man who raised her was her father. And when she did the DNA testing, it wasn't. Her father was Dr. Donald Klein. So she was like a complete mess that that wasn't her dad and her whole life had been a lie and blah, blah, blah. I mean, so I sort of get that, but I don't. Right. And that's kind of where I was at with some of the hysterics that was going on in the documentary. Because in my mind... A father has nothing to do with DNA. It's it's who raised you, who put value, who who instilled values in you, who raised you, who taught you right from wrong. That's who a father is. Anyone can be, you know, a, a sperm donor. It, it takes a special person to be a father. Right. And you know, one of them was, you know, like I, I don't know, just kind of. Like, my whole life, like, everything was taken away from me. Like, no, it wasn't. You still have those memories. You still have everything that person ever taught you. Like, that doesn't just change overnight because of DNA changed. Right. And it's not like he had these kids because he wanted kids. He wanted to take care of them. He wanted to raise them. He was just being, I don't know, a male chauvinist pig. I have no idea what you even call that. Narcissist? Well, I don't know if so much if it was that or if there was some other underlying thing. Was he was he doing it to do what the church wanted and 
you know, have all these children to create a superior race? Or did it go back to the four-year-old girl that he accidentally ran over before he opened his practice? Was it him feeling guilty for that and giving life back where he took a life kind of thing? Uh, Yeah, so he never, like, really gets into it and says, you know, what he did. I don't even know if he ever like acknowledged that this is what he did. So if you are this small practice and you create 94 children, I mean, these people are dating and getting married and having kids. You can't tell me none of them are related. Well, that was what the one woman said, because they all still kind of live in the same area. So obviously there might be more out there who maybe, you know, their parents moved across country or whatever the case may be. But there's at least 94 of them in that general vicinity vicinity of Indianapolis. And the one woman actually said, like, I had to sit down and have a talk with my daughter. Like, before you get involved with somebody, like, you need to know their complete background and history because god knows like their parents could be my sister or brother or you know what i mean like you don't know yeah because now this is going to trickle down oh yeah so and for them to be all in close proximity like that Mm -hmm. somebody's related to somebody somebody's kissing their brother (laughs) or sister out there (laughs) right kissing cousins (laughs) But they're siblings. <laughs> but so she ends up uh, finally that news reporter helped her. So they, what were they, they interrogated him and he clearly lied. So again, there was no law against this. So he basically wasn't breaking a paper law so they had to get creative and find something that they could charge him with so they were questioning him about all this mess right yeah so i guess like the first initial investigation is when they originally questioned him for the very first time he basically said I there none of those children are mine. If there is, there's there's no more than three. I only used my you know my sample sparingly, and there there's no possible way. Like he flat out basically denied it, which he lied. So what did they call that? Um, they they because that's what they charged it with, essentially. Um, what is that perjury? No. Oh, crap. Something where you um, hinder the investigation. What is that called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it's called. No, that's not what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) It's called... um... What the heck is that called, Robin? I don't know. I mean, I understand what you're saying. That's that's what it's called in my mind. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but I'm trying so to think of the he ends term. up getting some bullshit charge. 
because right. again, there's no law out there that he's breaking. So he he had already had his license suspended for lying. So oh, yeah. and then they he didn't get any jail time whatsoever. So then they obstruction of justice. Oh, there you go. Google's a fine thing. <laughs> So his license was suspended. So the only trouble he got into was he was not allowed to renew his license ever. And he got a $500 fine. Right. But he was already retired for nine <laughs> years. So what the hell was any of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so I did see, though, that I, which I... They didn't touch on um, on the documentary, but he's paid out more than one point three million in settlement in civil cases filed by the three donor children and their families. Yeah, and it had. I was reading up on that too, and it said um, so. A likely breakdown was a hundred thousand dollars per. Mm. But, but if he's not a doctor. Where's that coming from? Because if he was a doctor, he would have that medical malpractice that would pay that. Right. But he's not. I don't think he's an active doctor. I mean, I don't think so either because I feel like it's, I just saw something um, where he was like 77 in 2016. Oh, shit. So you figure 2016, what are we in? Uh, 2022. That's six years. He's. 83 now. I can't imagine he's still practicing. Yeah, but how many more kids are out there? So he was oh. a doctor from 1979 to 2009. Right. So how many more kids are going to come up his? I mean, that's, I don't know if that database, how far out that goes, or if it just does it in a general vicinity. I've never done one, so I don't know. Um, but like I said, I'm thinking there's got to be way more out there. But, I mean, not everybody does a DNA test. So, you know, who knows? Like, I haven't done one. You haven't done one. Exactly. So all these, all of his 30-year-old children have children. And they're now right. dating. And they're going to end up having children. Like, this mm -hmm. is going to get so intertwined that they're having children with people they're related to. Which right. is not a good thing. All right. Definitely not a good thing. Yeah, that can make the baby retarded. That's what they say. But I feel like I feel like that's an old wives' tale, but I don't know. You think so? I don't know. I, I just always think about like I don't know. Now I got in my mind what I want to do the next one on. <laughs> oh God. As soon as you said that, it was like ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, that's funny, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I feel everyone's side of the story. And I was really, really trying to be very sympathetic and empathetic today to some of these people in the documentary. But then on the same side, I feel like, yes, by all means. And obviously these are, this is just our opinion of, of the situation and, and it's not, you know, we're just right putting our opinion out there. But my opinion was I feel like some of these people were just so overdramatic about finding out. And, and in my head, I'm like the one woman 
which I get at the end. Her her mom and dad were family friends of Dr. Klein. So her mom was used him as a doctor and felt infertility doctor and had her and her sister, which they were twins apparently, so I don't know how that worked. But um because <laughs> that was the first set of twins I heard of in the whole documentary. But anyway, um but then she also used him as a doctor because obviously at the time she didn't know that he was her father. But there was pictures. You know, he's a family friend. There was pictures of her when she was like eight months old Sitting and him left. holding her. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? So, like, you would never think. But so this is where it gets a little crazy for me. You know that he was a family friend and you went to him still as yeah. like a, a, as your OBGYN and let him do uh, breast exams and pap smears and mm. pelvic Mm-mm. and then you let him inseminate you are you there Steph yeah I'm here sorry I accidentally hit mute <laughs> um <laughs> Shut up. Um, was you talking with your hands and hit the button? I was. I was. Um, where, did, where did you What was the last thing you heard? <laughs> oh, but anyway. Why you would go to a family friend uh, pelvic why exam. Why you would go to a family, family friend and have him do all these exams on you. But then the minute you find out that he's your father, like you're Repulse. you feel violated. Like to me, that'd be like your husband being an OBGYN and be like, oh, hey, Robin, I'm going to use your husband as my OBGYN. <laughs> like, that's just awkward. It is. But that's why... Like, it, I don't understand. That's why I keep thinking this is a small town because... Like, we live in South Jersey. There's doctors on every corner. So if, you know, my family was friends with this GYN, I would most definitely go across the street to the next one that don't know my mom and dad. But I also feel like it's so close to Indianapolis, which is a big city, that they would have way more resources. But again, this was years ago before infertility really became, you know, right. That so big he of a field. must have been so, like the only one in town in a block He was like, I think, the pioneer in that area because yeah. they said he did a lot of, you know, lectures and he was a, a philanthropist in that field, like, you know, coming up with different, different things. He was the best in his field at that time in that area. And so I get it. Yeah, so I guess that's why they all seen him. But, like, some of the people in the show, A, didn't even know that their uh, mother was artificially inseminated. Um, so some of the kids found that out, which, again, who has that conversation with their mom? Right, no one. I feel like it only comes up if there's like a medical issue or yeah. like the one girl, like I felt like my whole life I didn't belong. Like I just didn't look like the rest of my family. And she clearly didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> they all had dark hair and dark eyes and here she is, blonde hair, blue eyes. Right. So like some of these adults, most of them were like in their 30s, 
um, either didn't know that their mother was artificially inseminated. Some of them thought that their father was their father and found out that they weren't. Um, so, I mean, I, I get how traumatizing that could be. Not that I've ever been there, but, you know. But on the other hand, none of them were, like, in an orphanage. Like, no one came right. and said that, you know, they were abused. I mean, but... And my other thing is, I feel as though these moms gave their consent to be inseminated with their husband's sperm once you cross that line and inseminate that mother with your own sperm to me that's some kind of rape you're putting a foreign substance in her body she did not consent to like but on the flip side of that, she did consent to it because whether it was her husband's or donor sperm, she consented to be artificially inseminated. Right. But with her husband's sperm, not necessarily. Some of them were using donor sperm. Right. Not necessarily a resident that they may have been told it was the doctors, but they technically consented, which is why they could never get him on anything other than the, um, the obstruction of justice because they technically consented they, they were going there with the knowledge that they were going to be artificially inseminated they consented to that fact right but for the few women that brought their husband's sperm with them mm -hmm. they were consenting to their husband's sperm to be inseminated not anybody's okay now you work for a lawyer's office right now and you've worked <laughs> in the medical field just as long as I have, and you know it all comes down to whatever that paper and that fine line says. Yep. Because if it does not specifically say husband. in the paperwork that you sign that I am consenting to using my husband's sperm, they can, it can be thrown out. Yeah, you and know it that, would probably well be only my husband's sperm that would have to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, just as well as I do, people, you know, if it doesn't clearly state it in black and white, and that's what you're signing, like that specific wordage, there's ways around it. Unfortunately, that's the way the system works. Yeah, I was like totally appalled by the whole thing. I just, I don't understand how anyone can do that, knowing that he's doing that, knowing, because the woman's coming back in next month to get a damn test to see if she's pregnant you know you inseminated her with your sperm you know how many kids you have made out there it's not a surprise to you you knew no one else did but you did right like i don't yeah. I, I don't know yeah, i, I feel don't feel like that he just has a lot of issues how can someone so intelligent to be a doctor like that be so stupid well, I don't know. And I kind of feel like that's why it has something to do with like his whole finding God and and the Zion church and whatever it was that he was, you know, following at the time, because he always used that one particular quote when even when they tried to have their first meeting, he tried to throw this quote out there. And it was, a, you know, a passage from the Bible that he referenced numerous times. And I think that passage was really kind of 
telling in a lot of ways as to his mentality about why he did what he did. What was it? I forget. It was Jeremiah 1.5. And it basically says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Yeah. And that was a a cross stitch framed on his wall in that office. And they kept zoning in on that. And I'm like, well, what the hell's that got to do with anything? So, and I feel like that really kind of says a lot. And I feel like, that is kind of the reason why he did what he did. I feel like it had to do with that, the whole quivers full and arrows of God and now, populating the society. And which, because if you notice, like when they were talking about that being one of the, um, the, the things of the whole cult, you know, church thing, when he had their first meeting, he was asking them, what they all did like he was sizing them up because they wanted their offspring to be like the pillars of society people who made a difference in the world people of um wealth and knowledge and he kind of like went around the room with that first meeting i think there was like five of them that had gone to that first meeting and he asked them all so guess what i just found right his obituary. What? Yeah. He died? May 13, 2022. He just died? Yeah. When did what? it come when did it come out on Netflix? It just came out. Look at that. It says the fertility specialist, Dr. Donald Klein, has been accused by Jacoba Ballard of being his biologist. Being his biological father, the fertility doctor has a famous clinic in Zionsville, Indiana. He allegedly used his own sperm on numerous patients and fathered more than 94 children. He did this awful crime in the late 70s and 80s, and that too without his patient's consent until one of his biological children, Jacoba Ballard, tried to find her ancestor but where's the wow where's the obituary i'm trying to find it hold on keeps coming the same because that's about the same day the movie came out Did he really die, or am I reading some I think, strange I think we're shit reading on the it wrong. There's no way. I feel like they're saying that's the day that the Netflix series came out. That's and- what I was thinking. I think that's what they're saying. Yeah, I think they're saying that's basically his obituary because it's his business is out there now. Oh, I got you. I think that's what they're saying. Like it's a, kind of like a metaphor. It says considering web research, there could be no authentic and definite report about Donald's patients. Now, withstanding different news and media houses are now moved by the old luxury educated authority 
about the Donald Klein obituary. Maybe it's another movie. Mm. Yeah, I don't know neither. I don't know. I don't know. There's no way he yeah. did. I mean, it was good. It was definitely enlightening. It's it's crazy. Um, and like I said, I'm still kind of like I I feel I feel bad for everybody involved, but I kind of just feel like some of them like my whole my whole life was taken away from me when I found out. No, your whole life wasn't taken away from you. You still have those memories. You still have everything you ever did with the person you thought was your father. Like, you still had two parents. Right. You Right. And like you, like you started to say, like, none of them were abused or raised wrong. Or they both had, they all had loving parents. None of them were yeah. orphaned or put into the system. Like, there's poor kids out there that wish they knew who their parents were, you know, that are in the system. They never get to know who their parents are. They never get to have a loving loving I mean, home or family i get you know, being be thankful angry. for what you have not for what you know what i mean like yeah i get I being know. angry i would be very angry yes i would be very angry too but imagine how you're making the man feel that raised you right by saying Which... you lived your your life was a lie well no this man has been there from pregnancy birth and beyond Right. Well, the one woman did say her husband said that, like he, that, that, what did he say when they told her, when they told him what had happened, he was like, well, he, that just took every, he just took everything from me. No, he didn't. He didn't take your daughter from you. He didn't take all of those years from you. Like yeah, you like, were still there every step of the way for her first words, her first step, her first everything. Like how, you can't say that. That's not. He didn't take everything from you. So you're not DNA, DNA you're, doesn't match, and you're not genetically linked. You're still her father regardless. Yeah. I mean, when I was done watching that show, I was, like, dumbfounded and pissed that that could even go on. But again, something has to happen like that to create laws. So... Mm-hmm. Indiana ended up being the first state to make it illegal to use sperm without consent. And I think a couple right. other states followed suit. Correct. It's not a federal law. It's state by state law. Yeah, which is dumb. But did you see the other one? that Since this has come out, there's been like 44 additional doctors that they know have done the same thing. Get the hell out. That was one of the things that popped up at the end. Yeah, so... I mean, it it was a good watch. It definitely was. Um, I'm thankful that, you know, I wasn't in that time period because, I mean... You know how your parents used to say they walked uphill both ways to school and bare feet. <laughs> it, yeah. Our generation. And six feet of snow. Yeah. Our generation. Um, the I want to say the way we raised our kids is like so different. I was very open to my kids and I wanted my kids to be very open to me. I still am. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this hush hush hide shit, I, I'm not into. And, you know, so I'm glad that cycle's breaking. You know, 
and of course with technology that wouldn't happen today but i mean this is the shit that happened in the 70s and 80s and all these people you know had to go through all this shit to get us where we are today Mm-hmm. absolutely i totally agree with that so any final words on our father no, that it was it was definitely if you have a chance, definitely definitely watch it. It was definitely good. Um you know, you can form your own opinions. You know, this is basically our opinion of the situation. But definitely form your own opinions and you know, you can be on one side or the other side or feel for both sides. But I mean it was definitely wrong. I'm not to negate that what he did was wrong. It was completely wrong. Right. It was unethical, unmoral on, on all levels. But yeah, it was just crazy. It was definitely a mind blower. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like walked away like completely dumbfounded and <laughs> oh numb that shit like that could even go Try being on. at work and watching it. I was like, what the heck? I think I was. I think I was at work when I watched it too. <laughs> <sighs> All that right. Good, so on that note... We will finish off this podcast and you can follow me on Robin's Crimeaholics on Instagram, on Facebook. Feel free to leave a message for something you would like us to discuss or any questions, comments, or concerns. So until next time, have yourself a good one.